You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Hey, it's Bilal Bacani at Bilal V87. It's another Raw review, but you heard a new little opening element, and I have with me the founder of the Never Sleeps Network, my new boss, Alex Ross. Uh, Alex, you want to explain what's going on? My new boss, Alex Ross. <laughs> it's funny, Casey on Talking Wrestling, our other wrestling show, our other now, because we have The Express with mm-hmm. Bilal Vakani, uh, he calls me the boss man Ross. Oh, uh, big boss man Ross, which is, I uh, I love that because I was a big, big boss man uh, fan. Um Founder, that's a funny word. I also found chicken fingers in your freezer, which I just <laughs> ate. That, so that I was I the founder of they, those? Weren't they boneless? Boneless. <laughs> they were delicious. We. I didn't realize raw these days is three hours long. Yeah, that was a, this was a surprise for you. Yeah, and and it's a stretch to get three hours. But you know, it was nice to see uh, a lot of their roster, mm-hmm. a lot of new guys. Uh, yeah, that I'm happy to to definitely talk about. Well, let me set it up, especially since I started without you. So uh, the raw review, uh, the OC have most of the gold as the headline, but I want I have to kick it off with the 24/7 champion. I hate to go chronological, but this was the most fascinating part of the show. Monday Night Raw kicks off with a highlight package, which Alex would have loved if he could have seen it, recapping the glorious history of the 24-7 championship, starting from Mick Foley introducing what people wanted to be the hardcore title. It wasn't the hardcore title, but it would be defended 24-7, and it would chronicle R-Truth winning it, it would chronicle Drake Maverick winning it, and then losing it on his wedding day, no less, in his wedding suit, among other wacky situations. And we started Raw with a mixed tag match between Drake and his wife, Renee, who is not a part of the WWE roster, but she was dressed like it, but didn't compete in this match because Drake never tagged in his wife. Uh, they were taking on R-Truth and Carmella, who of course won. Weirdly enough, for a mixed tag match, they had Lumberjacks, but not Lumberjills, which was weirdly sexist. And the 24-7 title rules that state the title should be defended 24-7 were not in effect for this match. So I don't know why the hell this existed, Alex. You missed nothing. Um, but what happened after the match when the 24-7 rules came into effect is Mike Kanellis, your new favorite wrestler, uh, emerged from the bottom. And I want to stress the bottom of a dog pile to win the 24-7 title. He slithered out, ran backstage, hid in the officials room where the referees hang out, where he was greeted by his wife, Maria. Uh, and Maria, we later found out, would demand she pin her, her husband to become the first pregnant 24-7 champion. Later on, we'd see Maria backstage. She would taunt uh, a lot of the competitors and they couldn't even look her in the face. And then she would bump into Braun Strowman during her title photo shoot and uh, taunt him as well. Alex, I'd love to get your initial reaction to this insaneness. What the hell is a 24-7, like, belt champion? That is just, like, a concept that I I understand. You can be pinned anytime and you're vulnerable wherever you go. Even during intercourse, it's happened. Uh, When you're asleep, when you're driving. Yep, all those have happened. Fuck, is it it really worth... Oh, sorry, you're going to have to bleep that. Uh, Is it worth having... Uh, such an an interesting concept for a belt. It's the only one of its kind. Mm. There's no other belt with those rules. Why does it exist, Bilal? When did it come into it's play? It's like the PG hardcore title from a few months ago. Ooh, I like that explanation. I, I think it's fun. And I think the weird thing is the hardcore thing was weirdly fetishized with the violence. And this is just silly fun. Like, Drake Maverick's a guy I compare myself with. He's the general manager of 205 Live. He has not had a very active career in the WWE as a competitor. In fact, he did not have any 
matches under his belt as a competitor. He was purely a manager and a general manager, and he is now the top contender for this title behind R-Truth, who's won it the most. And even R-Truth is a guy in his 40s who's just salvaging the end of his career. Uh, but these guys are a lot of fun, and now we have women since the Legends event last week winning the title as well. There are no limits to this title, although now, with Maria having the title, who is going to pin a pregnant wo woman for this title? I know somebody will. I have my money on Stephanie McMahon. Yeah, another woman. Definitely another woman. I hope so. Because if it's a guy... <laughs> I hope it's Braun Strowman. Well, I, I, I hope... They it, tease yeah. that weirdly heavily, and Braun had trouble holding back. So we'll see... I'm fascinated by this, and obviously you have to follow what's going on on YouTube, on Twitter, because this can happen anywhere, anytime. It almost happened at Comic-Con. Uh, I love this. But anyways, we have to talk about other stuff. There was a five-man gauntlet. This is about where you join me, where AJ Styles, the winner would face AJ Styles for the U.S. Championship. We had Rey Mysterio, who had no chance in hell because they're using Rey as a jobber. He, was, he started the gauntlet with Cesaro, who also had no chance because Cesaro's a heel. He's not going to face AJ, who's now a heel. Then we had Sammy, who also had no chance because he's a heel. So Ray beats Cesaro. He beats Sami Zayn crazily quickly. Andrade actually unmasked Ray Mysterio, which shocked the hell out of me. I didn't see that coming. Uh, and he would eventually prevail over Mysterio to go up against Ricochet. Uh, Ricochet would get the win with his incredible 450 splash, which blew your mind. I could see that. Yeah, it was very athletic. And then uh, I warned you, Ricochet, no talk of the good. And, uh, man, that was an uninspired, generic promo <laughs> that a teenager could have performed. Yeah. And, uh, give this guy a manager, please. Yeah, but what kind of manager? Anyone! Like, he, Anybody! He, yeah. You, Alex, you yeah. go manage this guy. I would, I would kill as his manager. Anyone! Uh, yeah, no, no, he needs, uh... Some, some, definitely some lessons on the microphone or some more experience on the microphone. A manager, the only problem with these, like, baby face... Mm athletic guys yep. is That's him you know what i mean who, who do you really manage like who managed the hardy boys for a bit Lita. you I know what i mean right yeah, like that, that kind of style but she has to be almost as athletic as him well do you know who she's dating this is you're right on the money he is dating cat and i can never say her last name Katanzaro, who's the american ninja warrior she literally climbs she's in nxt right now she climbs the ring post like some sort of animal and does uh, she's more athletic than Ricochet, so she would be perfect as his manager. They got to put her over. They have to bring her up to the main roster. Yeah, um, I think she's recovering from an injury now as well. But they've kind of showed a bit of their relationship through NXT, so they have planted some seeds. But Ricochet's already in the U.S. title picture. It's kind of late to bring her into the game. So you know what? I hadn't quite thought of it that way. I hope that's what they end up doing. Um, so we will get Ricochet with his rematch against AJ Styles. And then it was Styles' buddy, the newly renamed OC, the original club, which is a terrible acronym, taking on the WWE Raw Tag Team Champions, The Revival, and The Usos, one of which just got charged with drunk driving. I know why they did this, because they didn't have a face team to put in there to get the OC the title, because The Revival are heels, The OC are heels, The Usos are your only tangible face team, but you have a wild card rule so you very easily could have brought over Heavy Machinery, who I know you don't know, but they're, they're faces, take my word for it. Or you could have brought somebody else in. And this was just weird. It was a good match. Uh, the OC kind of botched their finisher, but they got the title. So now the club or the OC have all the titles. Uh, we got the party with AJ backstage. Uh, the Revival have kind of not done anything with these titles. I don't think Vince likes them. So this is the right move. This is a chance to rebuild these, this, these guys as a big faction that's... You know, and we saw later where they're going with this. 
Um, I think this is quite good. And uh, you, you appreciated this as well. It was a fun match uh, for what it was. I'm learning about so much of the roster in, in a three-hour period, which I found was really well done. But I did like the tag team match that followed this more than the, the, the three-way tag team See, match. I was going to leave this to the end, but I'll quickly mention it. I, this was always a low light for me because I love the War Raiders. I think they're going to be champions eventually. Um, to see them go up against Jobbers for like the 12th time, for me, it's a bit much. But I, I will say, for somebody like you who haven't seen them before, and this is true of a lot of the casual audience, maybe not for the first time, but I, they haven't seen them in a year in NXT like I have. So they really did, like their finisher, where they basically take two guys uh, and they, they do a power slam with a guy being power bombed on top is unbelievable. And the athleticism of uh, Rowan, and I don't remember the other guys, it's, I don't know, it doesn't matter. Ibar, Fat Braveheart. Yeah, but basically. <laughs> yeah, that sums it up quite well, um, but it's quite cool. Um, less than two minutes here, so I'm going to speed this up. We had Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler came out to Shawn Michaels' music, which was amazing, kind of good heel promo. And this match was going great until Brock Lesnar just showed up and decided to F5 Seth through a chair five times. We went to commercial. Seth was being taken away in an ambulance partway through. Roman came, came by. Becky was looking on. Uh, somehow Roman and the Usos got attacked by the OC and Samoa Joe, so I guess that's where they're going. Um, and we went back to the ambulance, and then Brock decided to step in front of the ambulance, stop it, go back around, pick up Rollins, smash him on the conveyor belt, whatever, the, the thingamajigger, uh, and that was that. Um, I, I thought this would cancel the Samoan Summit. We got an abbreviated version, which was basically, to end Raw, uh, Samoa Joe wants to fight Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre ran out. Cedric Alexander came in for the save. The Usos came out. The OC came out again. This was just a smaz. It wasn't a main event. It was just whatever happened at the end of three hours. Really felt out of place here. I think if you had just ended the night on Seth being a bloody mess, I think they would. I thought that, I thought that's what they were doing. I don't know why they misscheduled this. It was weird, and they didn't really. I don't know. They it was very so. attitude era if they ended it that way, but they went with uh, oh, we got a couple shows to fill before SummerSlam. Yeah. Let's just throw it all let's out, build out up the there. Yeah, that's just all they're doing. To me, it just feels like filler. Like the stuff we... The reason I talked about the US title and the 24-7 title before, because I think that's more interesting to me. I'm sure many people will disagree with me. You can tweet me at Blob87 on that. Uh, and quickly, I'll just add in a couple more things here really quick. Moment of Bliss uh, with Alexa, Nikki Cross. Uh, and I know you're more of a Nikki fan than a Bliss fan. We'll get that out of the way. Um, there was footage, weirdly wide footage, uh, in terms of the camera shot, of Becky Lynch. I guess she was so angry at Natty that she had to attack her during a training session that was, for some reason, in the ring before Raw, which didn't make any sense. Uh, Becky then, through the power of TV production, appeared on the monitor behind Alexa, because I guess she was expecting this leak of footage. Sure. And cut a promo. They would have a match. During the match, Alexa apparently got injured. I knew she was faking it. Nikki, after a commercial break, of course, because all hail the commercials, she would then restart the match with Alexa. This would keep going. Nikki would, you know, I don't even know what happened with this match. I'm fairly certain Nikki lost. Uh, in fact, I remember now, Becky didn't even hit her arm lock. She's like, nah, Nikki's a jobber. I don't even need to, do I'll do a rock bottom or something and we'll just pin her. Uh, so she gets the win. After the match, Alexa and Nikki were already attacking Becky. And for some reason... Natalia came down and said, excuse me for a second, I will now attack her. So they left the ring, and then Natalia put on her submission. I don't know what that added. And then we go backstage to Natalia, or Natalie, Natasha, and then, I can't remember her name. Natty Neidhard. 
it was a long raw. And she basically said, hey, it's going to be a submission match. Okay. I I don't know. How this is, is very w- convoluted. How is WWE taking their most interesting commodity, which is their female mm-hmm. roster, and just making it all gibberish and boring and talk showy and not about the action mm. show me the action yeah in the ring and talk it, after you said it this this segment with bliss was painful it just went on and on and on and it just didn't make any sense there was references to other things that had nothing to do there was references to maria winning the 24 7 title i'm like i don't care what you think about that alexa like this was really like this went over multiple commercial breaks this was like a three segment story arc that would not end. And I, I'm normally done the podcast at 10 minutes. I'm actually going over just to explain this crap. But anyways, uh, the Street Profits also cut some random promo, which uh, this has been too much now. I don't care anymore. Seth Rollins had a nice cameo. But that's basically it. That was Raw. I think the real, the only thing that really matters here is what they do with Maria on this 24-7 championship. This is very interesting. And the OC having most of the gold is a really interesting way to, to set up that storyline. Um, Alex, I don't usually do grades, but this would be fun. What would you grade raw if you had to? D. <laughs> I'd go about a C minus myself. It was a mess. There's a couple of things I liked, but only because they were different. Uh, you can follow me at Bilal V87. Um, what's the Never Sleep? I know we're going to put a little tag, but Alex, pump it up. What word uh, Neversleepsnetwork.com, at Neversleepsnet on all socials. Thank you, Bilal, for having me, and we welcome you to the NSN family. I already feel at home, mainly because we recorded this from my home. A Uh, beautiful home that it is. Chicken nuggets and all. (laughs) Thank you, Alex. Uh, Once again, you can follow me at BilalV87. Uh, Tweet me. uh, Well, we we can get a comment section. Can we get a comment section? Is there a comment section on this page? I don't even know. Uh, Whatever. We got to get like a social media page. Mm. So just or, let's go with the Twitter. Well, you know what? Post on, uh, do a post on your Twitter that mm. is like a comment post. Mm. And we can until follow up we on do that something. Stuff yeah. As we do other episodes. Until next time. Peace out. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 